whistle double. Right over the bag at first. Now Holsey and Anderson square off. They're fighting. They're swinging. Down goes Anderson. Down goes Anderson. That was Tom Hamilton's call of uh, the uh, Jose Ramirez-Tim Anderson fight yesterday. Not that we want to uh, promote violence, kids. Not any stretch of the imagination do we want to promote violence. It's a hell of a good call, though. That was a great punch. Well, it's a little luck there. That's what I said. I'm not, I'm not sure why Tim but, was trying to do that left-handed. Okay. You, you, you're, you're a right-handed thrower. Set up right-handed, you're protecting yourself. Oh, gee, from that, the other guy, it's right-handed. I want to ask you, you made a, an interesting point, though, because Jose Ramirez said afterwards that in the Dominican Republic – a lot of baseball players box as part of their, you know, their hand-eye coordination routine. Now, you played in the Dominican Republic. You played winter ball. Yeah. And you... I've never put my hands up. <laughs> no. But you've said that... I mean, that is true. The Dominican players do do a lot of, of, of boxing yeah, for hand-eye, don't well, they? It's fast twitch. It's where what position he plays at third base. It's letting the ball travel as a hitter, being able to throw your hands. Yeah, because it works, right? It's... They're trying little things to catch up to velocity. It makes perfect sense that a really good player could turn into a great player by doing this in the offseason. And again, you if you're an opposing player, you put your hands up. You better be prepared for what might happen. And you got a little embarrassed there. Well, he certainly did. Absolutely. You um, got straight legged. He <laughs> got straight legged. He did. Jose Ramirez was given a uh, three game suspension. And uh, six games, Tim Anderson, a whole bunch of dudes got uh, one game suspensions out of that as well. Let's bring on the man who had the call of the game, the voice of the Cleveland Guardians, Tom Hamilton. Tom, thanks so much for taking time out to talk to us today. I know you're you're very much in demand. They got they're making up T-shirts. They're doing all sorts of stuff, man. <laughs> Guess it was a slow weekend here in Cleveland. So. Um... Well, thank you guys, but you know I've reiterated it before. Um, it, it's for me, it's not about that call. It was about Jose Ramirez sticking up for his teammates on what he felt had been going on uh, verbally with Tim Anderson and and even with some tags that he had made physically with younger players. And um, you know, Jose had had enough, and that thing really escalated. I think much quicker than anybody envisioned. But when you heard some of the backstories that this had been brewing, I think we have a, a better understanding for it now. But, uh, you know, Jose Ramirez is revered in our clubhouse by his teammates. And that was another example of why. Um, not because he knocked out Tim Anderson, who was literally out on his feet as he had to stagger off the field and be helped off the field. But uh, the fact that Jose's doing that for a couple of rookies that he felt we're being mistreated. And that shows you that for Jose Ramirez, it's not your status in the game that matters. You're his teammate. That's all that matters. Tom, how hard is it to follow what's going on in the field when you're trying to do play by play and trying to get it right? And do you try and follow the certain, you know, the two people that caused it? That's how you do that. Cause you did it X like you did it to a T. I just wonder how that's, I've never been sitting in a booth when, Somebody's trying to call that, and I'm sure it's not the easiest thing to do. But is there is there a, a, a blueprint on how you do that? <laughs> no, I don't. I think it's spontaneity. I mean, you know, you tell kids that want to get into the business, you know, 
This is why you're doing high school games, basketball, football, baseball, why you work your way up the ladder to not only develop your style, but try to get used to being able to think on your feet and ad lib. Mm -hmm. And let's face it. I mean, I, I've made plenty of mistakes in my career where the, the right words didn't come out at the right time. And, and that's, that's the beauty and, and also the beast of, of this profession. You're live. You don't have a safety net. And um, fortunately, um, I guess people think the right words were said the other night. Again, I, to me, it's not about me and the call. I, I said a couple of words. In that case, you know, it was pretty clear to watch what was going on. Uh, because, guys, I've one, I've never seen two guys in a baseball game square off. Me either. Normally, yeah, and I think, you know, and so because of it, it caught everybody by surprise. You know, nobody was clearing the benches uh, until punches had been thrown. And so normally you can anticipate maybe a bench clearing because guys have been getting drilled at various times in a series or uh, pitches have been thrown behind guys, whatever it might be. I think this one caught everybody by surprise. And so after that, though, it just became a mess. And things, it was like brush fires were breaking out all over. And that's, it got hard to follow some of that. And I think we're really lucky, guys, on a, on a serious vein. Nobody got hurt. Yeah. Seriously got hurt. Because with that many bodies pushing and shoving, and you know what, guys? It's August. And we always talk about the dog days of August. That means a couple of things. One, it's hot. It's already been a long season. Guys are tired. There's a frustration level for both ball clubs that haven't had the kind of seasons that they had hoped for. And so I think, you know, um, your nerves are a little more closer to the surface and maybe a little more raw than they normally would be. I mean, you guys are in Canada, so you see it probably on a nightly basis during the the hockey season, I've, I've always been amazed at those guys. And, and I don't know, how, how in the world do you fight on skates? That's another whole different story. But uh, practice. don't see stuff like this. Yeah. <laughs> Normally in baseball, guys, it's just a lot of hooting and hollering and pushing and shoving and somebody saying, you know, hold me back, hold me back, meaning they didn't want to get involved in the fight. Uh, this one, Once Tim Anderson dropped his glove, it was like, oh, my um, and I think I just heard you say, I don't care who you are. You drop your gloves. Yeah. Um, okie dokie. Uh, you better be ready for what happens next. Uh, Tom, sorry. I just want to, Tom, is there, could this bring this team together? You know, it's not sort of doing exactly what Cleveland yeah. thought they were going to do. Would you, I've been on teams before where they've gotten in fights and, and, and it didn't really help because we were a bad, if you're, a, you know, if you're not a, a great team, you're just not a great team. Right. I mean, Cleveland's a good team. Could this help bring them together? Maybe have their at bats better, hitting more homers. I don't know, playing I, whatever. Do you think it help? You know, no, I I don't think it will. And here's why: if we had Shane Bieber, Cal Quantrill, and Tristan McKenzie, our three best starting pitchers, healthy, who aren't going to pitch until sometime in September, then I I would go along with what you said, and you know what this. Not that this wasn't a close knit group anyway but it can galvanize you even more. I think the bottom line is this wears off quickly when, you know, the old adage, um, momentum in baseball is tomorrow's starting pitcher. Mm -hmm. And that really has been the case for Cleveland. It's why their season has been a disappointment with the injuries to their three best pitchers. 
then you trade Aaron Savali because the writing is on the wall. This is not a playoff team. And so I, I think for a moment it uh, energized the city, I'll tell you that, and it still has. I mean, our high A ball club, which is about, I don't know, 10 miles from our major league ballpark here, um, you're, you're getting into games this week for free if your first name is Tim. So, I mean, uh, it's, <laughs> there's, that's there's not funny. I'm sorry. That is funny. That's very good. <laughs> it's, uh, it's going to kind of take on a life of its own right now. And, uh, you know, it's funny here in Cleveland. I'm, I'm sure it is not in Chicago. Uh, look, we, you know, I'm looking at the guardians right now, 54 and 58, they're four and a half back of the division lead eight and a half out of the wild card. We know that they traded Aaron Savali. I think they picked up Ramon uh, Laureano uh, on waivers. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, folks here are going to be interested in Bo and Josh Naylor. Can you – now, we know that, that uh, Josh is, is hurt. He's on the IL, yeah. I, I believe, with shoulder inflammation. But what if, what, if the, what if the Guardians make of Bo Naylor? What do they think they have there? Well, um, I'll tell you, I don't think they know yet. They're obviously extremely high on Bo. I mean, he was the first-round pick for a reason. And, you know, this has been our catcher of the future now for a number of years, and he's getting his chance now to play, not necessarily every day, because Tito's very good at making sure you don't bury a rookie by giving them too much too soon. But he has shown glimpses. I mean, he's got a tremendous arm. We have seen a vast improvement in his ability uh, to block balls in the dirt. He has shown now that he can certainly handle a major league staff. You know, I think the hitting, like it is with all rookies, is Mm -hmm. still a work in progress. I mean, because you're seeing the best pitching in the world up here. But there is no reason that we have seen not to be excited about Bo Naylor. And he's a great kid. I mean, I don't know their mom and dad, but – it's pretty obvious based on the kind of people Bo and Josh are that Mr. And Mrs. Naylor must be a tremendous couple because they've raised great young men. And, and that starts at home with mom and dad. And so um, I, you know, I wish they had about five more sons because Josh has been in the top four in the American league and RBIs and batting average. And um, he's got that oblique injury now that's going to keep him. You know how obliques are. We always say, well, it could be three weeks. It's always six weeks. You know, that's a major injury. But there was Josh out in the middle of the scrum the other night, injured or not, because he's all about his teammates, too. Those kids, and they're kids because of my age, but Josh and Bo, they really get it. Um, They're all about the team. And uh, like I say, I I wish mom and dad had about uh, three or five more of their boys because uh, you have a team full of nailers, you're going to win. Yeah, his uh, Josh's average this year is 306. He was among the still maybe among the the American League leaders in average. What what explains that? I don't say that turnaround because he certainly didn't have a he certainly didn't have a uh, didn't have a horrible year last year. But I mean, from 256 to 306 is a pretty sizable jump. Uh, you know, and, and for a guy who's playing every day, um, what, uh, what are the, what are the, what are the guardians saying about it? What do you think explains that, that well, I th- improvement? I think there are two things. One experience and, you know, he, he's, he feels like he belongs obviously because, you know, he's, 
He's an everyday player. You know, he's pretty much seen everything that everybody has in baseball. The one thing about Josh, you cannot throw a fastball by him. Mm. He's as good a fastball hitter as there is in our game. And I think the big jump this year, along with what I mentioned about experience and just knowing the league and pitchers better and even being more confident, he got to work out and get ready for a season last winter instead of rehabbing. You know, it's an amazing recovery of what he has come back from, what could have easily ended his career with the compound fractures, the dislocated ankle. I I never want to see that play replayed again that took place in Minnesota in 2021. I, I thought his career was over. So for what he was able to do to come back, and then last year put up the kind of numbers he did when all he did all winter was rehab. And now this past winter, instead of rehabbing, He's able to work out, get stronger, get better, get ready for a baseball season. I don't think we we have any idea what the ceiling is for Josh Naylor because I think he'll be better next year than he has been this year. And so um, it was a great trade in getting him, and then you draft his brother, Bo. Uh, I, I just think, you know, right now without Josh in our lineup, Jose Ramirez just doesn't have any protection, so you're going to pitch around Jose Teams will not let Jose Ramirez beat them now. They couldn't do that before when Josh was in the lineup. Uh, Tom, I'm looking at a, a, a video right now of your field, and it looks like they're taking the tarp off. Is the, is Are they going to yeah. play tonight? Yeah. Oh, we're good. Yeah, we had a lot of rain here last night and uh, throughout the day, but looks like we're good to go for tonight. Of course, um, I think in a lot of ways, Toronto and Cleveland weather is at times very similar. Mm-hmm. The one thing I've learned – in living up here for 34 years, you wait five minutes because it could change again. But the forecast is that we should be okay. But, you know, with Lake Erie here, um, a lot of times we've seen storms blow back in off the lake. But uh, the word that we have is that we should be good to go tonight without any delays. Good. Tom, really good of you to join us today, my friend. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot, Tom. Oh, you bet, guys. And uh, thanks for having me. And, uh, Look forward to getting up to Toronto later this month. I we'll look wait. forward to talking to you. Take care, my friend. See Be you, well. Tom. Thanks, guys. Tom Hamilton, Guardians radio announcer. Um, yeah, they're still, the Guardians, man, they've still got some young pitching. I don't know, though. Yeah, again, I think I, it's, I, I Tom, Tom said it right. It's like the Jays. If you take away their big three, yeah. you know, the, out of the pitching, they're not in a playoff spot either. Like, it's real simple. You don't have good pitching. You sort of have to lean on those guys. They're talking about the six-man rotation with the Jays, and you know the pitch counts should go up because we're on the six-man. Like that's who you lean on. Like yeah. that keeps you in games, allows your lineup to have the big inning. If you don't have it, I mean, they don't have a ton of power. It's not like they're going to hit a bunch of three-run homers. He mentioned it. You know, you can pitch around you, Jose. Like it's just the, this. This is this is a series the Jays should go in and and announce their presence with authority. Let's be yeah. honest. Do you think that maybe? The Guardians read too much into last year. You know, you look at this, and you're right. The pitching injuries are hard to overcome. Uh, to me, it's remarkable that they're only four and a half out, which I think says a lot about the Central, the, the, the central Division. It's not good. I mean, if if you are the Guardians, you go into this offseason, I think, with some pretty clear goals in terms of the type of 
players, the type of pitchers you need to get in here. I guess the one thing for the Guardians is uh, in that division, you're, I mean, you know, if, if you make the right moves, you can put yourself right back in it next year. Because I look at the other, you know, I look at the other teams in that division. I mean, the Chicago White Sox cannot get out of their way. I think Minnesota's window of opportunity might be closing. I mean, I don't know how, I don't know how you feel about it, but I think their window of opportunity might be closing a little bit. They've kind of just tread water. Um, An okay team can win that division. Is yeah, your point. De- Detroit's got a lot of work there for the second trade deadline. I'm absolutely surprised Detroit didn't didn't do more, move more, try to get more assets, considering everything we heard about their bullpen assets. But you know, assets. But but that may also be the Tigers thinking, hey, it's it's not like we're chasing. It's not like we're chasing the Dodgers or, or, or the Braves. I, I don't know. I just uh, it that division really that division really interests me because um, it it's just. It seems like such a it yeah. just, it seems I, like everybody's just kind of there. I think the American League East sometimes you got to swing your way through weeks. Like you're you got to get it down and get it singing a bunch to win the American League East. The Central I think you can run prevent your way to a title. And that's I think a that's a good point. That's, that's, what, that's, that's what they're what the trying. Guardians, that's absolute, a great point. Absolutely. They get the Beeb sign. That's a great point. I mean, I don't know if they're going to bring him back or not. You 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 get that taken care of, you get some dudes healthy again. That division's not good. And you got Jose Ramirez at, at third base who's, you know, just the guy. I mean, that's uh, th- there's a reason why the Blue Jays wanted to go out and get him. Like, he would he would be, if he was with the Blue Jays, they'd be the front runner to win the World Series. I mean, he's, he's that big of a deal to a lineup, but he's not. So, I, that's what I think. I just think it's, I think it's the division you play in. I think you understand, and Tom said it, you got a couple of dudes who are good, you can win that division easy. I mean, look at the Twinkies. The Twinkies are doing it that way because the other teams are bad and the other teams are the Guardians. It ain't the other team. It's one team. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's sort of – offensively, that's why they don't go out and make the big splash, probably because they can't, but not a lot of the big splashes don't want to go there. But it's because they understand if they get the right guy in there that can pitch – Give them some quality starts. Give the lineup or Jose Ramirez a chance to run into a couple, win games that way. You win a bunch of close games, and you have a good closer. That's sort of how you win games in the Central. So I think that's what they're going to try and do, and you can't blame them for that. Three or four is bare minimum here, hey? That's that's tough. I mean, you go on the road. I, four yeah, game series are I, four game series are tough. I mean, that's what your fingers crossed doing, and you're hoping that carries over to – the approach that the offense had. And Caleb was right. You know, you don't want to be, you don't want to have guys going rogue, you know, thinking that they can go up and sit slider OO with a dude on second. They had, you just can't consistently have solid approaches mechanically doing that. If they stick with it, it's like Williams. He throws hard with a slider. Get ready for the throw hard. If you do that, it's amazing how many hanging sliders and curveballs you get when you're in an athletic position to hit velocity period the three games in boston how many hanging breaking balls they get and how many did they miss a ton they got them because they were ready to hit the fastball not because they were looking curveball or slider it's because they were ready to hit the fastball and when you're ready to do that sort of a trickle down effect to what you're going to get and those big hits that will come when they need to come, right? It's when, getting the big hit and giving your defense and your pitching staff a chance to win those games when everybody's healthy 
Let's just assume that Davis Schneider keeps contributing to some level. When everybody's healthy, how do you see how do you see the Jays the Jays playing this? Because clearly Whit Merrifield's in the lineup every now. Whit Merrifield's scuffling a bit right now, but clearly Whit Merrifield's in the lineup every day. Davis, he'll be hitting seven. I mean, and playing, yeah. Well, he ain't, he ain't hitting two. That's both. He ain't yeah. doing that. He ain't hitting in Vladdy's spot. He ain't hitting cleanup consistently. That'll be a one of the three guys. He's not hitting fifth consistently. He won't hit sixth consistently. What he will do if he continues to hit is make your lineup longer, and that will give the bottom of the order a threat. Make it a threat that if you don't make a good pitch, he will make you pay for it. And that's Again, they were talking about him not playing every day against righties, and now yeah. all of a sudden he's forced him into not taking him out of the lineup. So let's not get crazy here. <laughs> let's continue to see because now they know he can hit a fastball. Now they know that you know he's feeling comfortable with mechanics. They'll start trying to disrupt timing, and they're going to start picking at you know. It's it's sort of like when you do well, the khakis start paying attention. They're paying attention now. So let's be. Careful about how excited we get about this. This is a great story. Let's enjoy it. Do you think it percolates down to the minor league system? Like we had, uh, I, I heard uh, Caleb talking about this. If you're Addison Barger or you're Spencer Horowitz, and you're seeing this going on, and you probably, he's probably texting the guys, probably group chat with him. Um, how do you look at that? Is this people group chat that? Well, whatever. Went I'm, to the big leagues and you didn't. Okay, I, I, I may, would, maybe I they're never, all maybe they're never. all jerks and they. I don't. would have never done it. Maybe they're all jerks and they don't. But it's competitive. Um, you can be his buddy. What do you think? How do you think they're viewing it? How do you think they're looking at it? Is this because uh, you know people would say, "Well, this will motivate him to get in." in I think the minors. Gotta, I think you got to be realistic. Where are those two guys playing? Unless somebody gets hurt. Yeah. Where are they playing? If you're I mean, Addison, I guess yeah. that maybe they're coming Addison off. Barge, maybe best. it takes a Biggio spot or an Espinal Can't see spot, that. or like it's you know the it's predictability. Do you, I mean, this time of the year when they're you know the forty nine games matter as much as they matter. If they didn't punt Kevin Biggio in the first you. month of the season, they're not going to punt him now. I mean, you don't like Kevin. We understand I that, do. but it's, he's the twenty. It, you don't. He's the twenty six guy on a on a good team. So what? It's a, he no, is what I, I, he is. What my, he is. my point is. If you're guys who've put, if you're a guy who's putting up numbers in the minor leagues, and you see this guy come up, and he's doing well at the start, do you think that that serves as motivation, or is that just, you know, that's just I would, eyewash? I would hope they already have motivation, but I, I don't think there's. I was in that position. Yeah, I, did I, you? It was, it was, and I was the number one prospect, so I never really went through that. To be honest with you. I ain't tooting my own horn, but that's true. Like when I got sent down, I was uh, when I was there was no prospect there, and then you're fighting and clawing just to have a job in AAA and pass over the prospects. Um, yeah, I think it gives you a window that says they will call me up if I'm hitting. Other than that, it's up to you to go out and perform and do better than the guy that you're competing against. And that's still that's still very much an economic. Thing. You want to get up to the majors yeah, as soon as possible and start making to, money. There has to be, because, yeah, the minimum has went way up. Well, almost to the point where it's a living wage now. Way up. Yeah. I mean, it's 200 when I was at It's over 700 now. Like, uh, there's incentive. 
Yeah. If that's not incentive enough for you, because you ain't making nothing in the minor leagues. Zero. You are making enough to put gas in your car. That's about it. So, yeah, I think that's enough. And I guess, I mean, I don't want to downplay that, but I think it's, I think too many people that read so much like, into that. Right. I was going to say that. When I was in that spot a lot, it's not about that. It's about being the best player you can be and not worrying about everybody else around you. And you can't, you can't force Ross Atkins to call you up. Either he's going to like you, call you up, or he ain't. It's real simple. It is Monday. That means it is time for our weekly feature around the East. Lots to talk about. Most of it focusing on pitching. We'll do that when we come back. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590. The fan, the Sportsnet Radio Network, and Sportsnet. Play why do you hang around here long enough, Barker? You'll learn a little history. <laughs> I was a history major in oh, university. Yeah, of course you were. And believe me, at my age, when I studied history, I studied history. If you know what I mean? You got a problem. I feel like Indiana Jones sometimes. That's a great movie. That's all right. It's all right. Uh, it's Monday. You know what that means? Mm-hmm. Means tomorrow's Tuesday. <laughs> He's just in a bad mood. You are. Boy, you you need some milk. <laughs> you <laughs> I need do. Some, need some warm, I need some warm milk That's and a, a cookie. Fact. I need you some do. warm milk and a cookie. Holy. Wow. Yeah. Anyhow, twenty more minutes. It's over. Then we got to do Blue Jays talk <laughs> oh, tonight. Oh yeah. Uh good news. They've uh, rolled the tarp off the field in Cleveland. That's a great stadium. It looks man. beautiful. Oh, it's a great stadium. I've never been there. It's a great stadium. That's an anyhow. Don't get me. It's an underrated city. It's like Pittsburgh's underrated. But anyhow, it's beside <laughs> the point. Uh we're not talking about Cleveland. We're going to talk about the East. And speaking of talking, I don't know if you know this, Parker, but uh, folks in Baltimore this weekend, there's a lot of talk about the World Series. Oh. Actually, a lot of talk about the 1983 World Series because the 83 World Series champion Orioles, they were celebrated at Camden Yards. And there's plenty to celebrate for the 2023 edition of this team, too. Uh, They swept Buck Showalter's Mets this weekend, becoming the second team in the majors the second team in the majors to hit the 70-win mark after the uh, Atlanta Braves. Hands up if you thought the Orioles were going to be the second team to hit. No, he didn't. The Orioles capped off the sweep with a 3-0 win in which uh, manager Brandon Hyde asked his bullpen to cover four and a third innings. He'd given Yanni Cano a day off. He'd given Danny Colum uh, a day off. And, uh, I mean, one of the things Brandon Hyde has done this year, he's shown a real deft touch with the bullpen. And yesterday wasn't Kyle Bradish's best day. But, uh, well, the bullpen came through for Brandon Hyde. It's going to take all those guys down there the rest of the way. Hmm. And so I was, you know, hate to see Danny and Cano down. That was my decision. And, was, you know, when I got here after the game last night, I wanted to give them two days off. Um but I was excited, honestly, to, to. I was kind of hoping we'd be in a spot where other guys can step up in big spots, and and that happened today because we need CNL Perez, um, we need Fuji, and Urban was outstanding there in that inning. So uh, Mike Bauman's been doing did a great job early in the series, uh, so that's big, big for all those guys to contribute. 
Yeah, it was kind of interesting uh, yesterday. Jorge Mateo made his second start in center field. He's lost infield playing time because of Gunnar Henderson and Jordan Westberg. This is you know, one of the reasons of, at the trade deadline that I think a lot of people thought the Orioles might move one of their major league pieces uh, in order to dress pitching. But uh, they haven't. And now Brandon Hyde is kind of figure out how he's going to keep all these guys in the lineup. Jorge Mateo's speed uh, is very important. And then, of course, when Cedric Mullins comes back, the issue is even exacerbated. But in the meantime, Jorge Mateo could very well be back in center field when the Orioles start a three-game series against the Houston Astros on Tuesday. And, uh, well, this is this is Brandon Hyde about facing the Astros. I mean, it's a great team, and we've been playing some good teams also. Um but really tough lineup to pitch against, and and a uh, playoff, definite playoff team, and and uh, but I feel like we've been doing that almost every series, so it's not. Uh, but it's, you know, it would be fun, be fun to have the home crowd uh, behind us playing Houston. Kyle Bradish had these thoughts when he was asked about the Astros. Yeah, it was a good series, good couple weeks we've been playing. Um, taking a sweep in an off day is awesome. We got the. Because the Astros coming in town, so that'll be a, another tough one. But um, liking where we're at. Yeah. You think he didn't know who's coming to town? Yeah, that's a, every now and then you forget. I mean, you're still, he's still focused on uh, he's still focused on his 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 performance. There's only point. there's only one question. I don't know about you. It's fresh arms in yeah. the in the rotation. How do they get Wells back? How do they keep Bradish where he needs to be and Kramer where he needs to be and Rodriguez? And I know Flaherty's going to help because he's thrown the I think 190 that's... innings before. That's it. Brandon Hyde said it. They're going to need every single yeah. one of them bullpen arms because of that fresh arm thing. Because I mean, those dudes in that rotation have not really been here before. No, the two. That's the thing. The two guys you're worried about are probably Tyler Wells and Dean Kramer. And I mean, I, I I'm going to be kind of delicate when I say this, but one thing about Jack Flaherty being a free agent, they don't care. Well, I think he's cares and, and you know you don't you well, they, you don't want to set a bad example either. Right. Free agents coming and they just got they him do that to this you. Brandon why, Hunt seems like he's got a good feel of his tape. Yeah, the, the, oh, yeah, he he, he really does. does. Yeah, the, he does. The, this is why you know when people were at the trade deadline were saying, well, Jack Flaherty's really not that impressive. You know what? First of all, this team's lineup is so good. You don't need to bring somebody in yeah. who's going to throw seven shadow at well, every night. Okay, Secondly, I take offense to that because I was one of them guys. I, I said they need a number one that can sort of say, this is win day. Then you'll worry about the other four days. Yeah. like that. That's what it was. And I understand why they didn't go out and get rid of one of their big boys that play every day. I get it because you'd rather have consistent winning year after year after year after year. And once you get in the playoffs, it's a lot of luck. And they may also be looking – they also may be looking at this as kind of a – yeah, they wouldn't come out and say it, but if, if it's a development year, you know, young pitchers, are these guys are going to be part of your team going forward. They're going to have to learn – they're going to have to learn how to they navigate. They are the best team in the American League, so. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, meanwhile, the uh, the Rays and Yankees, though the Rays are still in second place. The Yankees are in last place. But, I mean, they've been in different worlds all season long. But both of them, both of them are going to spend the next 24 hours awaiting MRI results. Tyler Glasnow was a late scratch for Sunday's game with back tightness. But perhaps most significantly, Shane McClanahan, who was put in the 15-day I.L., has a meeting today with orthopedic oh. specialist Dr. Neil L. Atrash. And um It's never good. That that's never good. Because he does like he does like cutting up arms. 
So uh, we'll wait and see what happens with that meeting. The Yankees, meanwhile, they put Carlos Rodon on the 15-day IL with hamstring tightness after he took himself out of Sunday's start in the third inning. Friday, I don't know if you saw that, Luis Severino was booed off the mound. Aaron Boone said afterward, everything's on the table. Um, I mean, look, the Rays are 6-3. and three. They started out 3-7 and seven following the All-Star break. Beat the Tigers 10-6 on Sunday. Erasmo Ramirez had to make the emergency start. Brandon Lau and uh, Wander Franco homeward. And you're starting to see a little bit of a renaissance from the on the part of those two hitters. And I got to tell you, Kevin Cash, the Rays manager, he just sounded so thrilled. You think overall, I mean, you kind of alluded to this before, that you guys are you're, you're past that, you're past really? that rough stretch, and people are now looking ahead and kind of playing again as I they I guess. Were. I mean, yeah, I'd like to think that, but yeah. I wasn't thinking that we were in the middle of it the entire time either. So, yeah, we're past it. That's No, it just seems like yeah. talking to the players, they all, everyone seems very... Uh, Good. Optimistic I'm glad they are. <laughs> I like, we like optimistic, forward-thinking yeah, players. But. I'll tell you what. You could sell tickets I to Mark it. Topkin interviewing yeah, Kevin Cash. You really could. Um, and if you know the back, I mean, they both, uh, they both, they've known each other for years, yeah. and they both really like. But it's there's nothing better than a writer trying to get that, trying to get that quote out of the manager. Trying to get that quote out of the manager. But look, I mean, again, they're six and three. They started out three and seven following the all-star break. Um, you know, they're not going to be able to make a major add to the pitching staff anymore. No. The trade deadline's passed. And I think sometimes, yeah, the Rays are all about pitching, but we forget how good that lineup was earlier this year when it was going. Yeah, I think a lot of it was good because of who they were facing. Now, now because a lot of those guys in your in your lineup have weaknesses the way they do, right? The elevated fastball, the breaking ball, the chasing, like the trying to hit home runs, right? That's sort of the Rays' way. We outpitch everybody. Mm-hmm. We out-homer everybody. We're going to win most of those games. I just wonder, Jeff. Their pin is third in baseball in innings pitch. Their starters are 26th. Can they continue to do that? I, that, that is the th- I just don't know how they can do that. I mean, I know they, the last time I checked, they've used 36 no, pitchers listen, I, this I, year already. I know 36. They've, they've got a bit of a gap on the Blue Jays, but I said going into that series in Fenway, I thought Boston could end up in second place. Now Boston, the, the Jays kind of took care of them. I, I think either of those two teams, I think Boston and Toronto, I'm not going to say the Rays are going to be in free fall because the Rays aren't, I, I don't think they're ever going to be in free fall. But hey, if they don't have McClanahan, mm. If they don't have McClanahan, and if, and keep in mind, Glasnow's already coming back from something. I, I, I'm sorry, I just don't think that I don't think they can keep up with those other two teams. They're, they'll make the playoffs because yeah. they gave themselves that impossible cushion. Yeah, yeah. but it wouldn't surprise so, yeah. me. It wouldn't surprise me if this Jays lineup. Keep, it would not surprise me if they're I'm, in second place. I'm very surprised that you're throwing the Red Sox in there after what we just saw from the Red Sox and baseball IQ and pitching. They will like get those tr- two t- things well, are not real get, good. They're going to get their. They're well, going to get a couple of pitchers then. back, and no, it's not going to be too late. They're still going to be in the wild card hunt and Trevor's story will be back at some point um although I found it really bizarre Trevor's story apparently Trevor's story's calling the ball in his rehab because the Red Sox thought he was going to be up this weekend and now basically they've well not basically they've said story wants to stay down in the minors for a while and get a couple more games in so uh anyhow the Rays of six games this week between the Guardians and the Cardinals so they'll get a chance to get things going again the Yankees, they split a four-game series with the Astros. 
but they're four and a half games out of a playoff spot. That's a season high and big deal, right, Harrison Bader? 50 games left. You guys are four and a half games out of a playoff spot. That's tied for the highest. It's been all year. How much of a concern is that? Uh, no concern at all. What? Um, one game at a time. You keep playing this, this brand of baseball, it's, it's going to be just fine. Um, like I said, all you, all you can do is put yourself in a position to win. What? And that's what we did, um, which, was, uh, which feels really good moving forward. What brand is that? Do you see Stanton running around the uh, bases? Well, just sh- 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 because the Yankees are going so bad that even in their wins, issues are being raised. I don't know if you saw this Saturday. Giancarlo Stanton was throwing out. I'm not even going to say he was throwing out running the home from second because it looked to me like it was a brisk. He looked like me. He looked like me on the fitness thing, hey, right? I've seen it. You know, you've seen Identical. it, right? Except the only thing he didn't have, he didn't have those compression he socks didn't. for the varicose uh, veins the head, that I had. And the headband. And I, I do not wear a headband. I do not wear a headband. Anyhow, he was throwing out jogging to home from second. It was a bad look, and Aaron Boone was asked about it after the game. Aaron, in that third inning when it was knotted up at one, John Carlos Stanton was sent there. A, do you agree with the send, and is he healthy? It did not look like he was really running full speed. Yeah, yeah, G's good. Um, I just didn't didn't think got a great round on third and, you know, got a little careful over there. Um, Look, ball, two outs, hitting the gap like that. I think you got to take your chances. So, so is that his full speed at this particular oh, great time, question. John Carlos? I, I'd, have to, I'd have to look at it sometimes. <laughs> if he gets going in the right direction, he's going to – he's got, I think, more than that. Sometimes if it's not an efficient route, you know, he's going he's gonna to protect it a little bit. But, yeah, he's good. He's healthy. He'll be – yeah, I mean, just make sure he doesn't <laughs> oh. do something that throws him off. I mean, uh, what do you say to that? That's a, I'll, I'll tell you what. what? I, I mean, I'm going to give Aaron Boone that. That is, Boy, he was you want to talk the about? Wagon. I mean, he was. Oh. <laughs> oh, man, that wasn't a matter of not backing the backing the bus over your player. That was like he was taking the bus apart. He was stripping yeah, it for yeah. parts yeah, so he yeah. didn't have to do it. Yeah, yeah, he's um, running hard. He's not running hard. He's protecting it. Good yeah, rounds. The Yankees, man. He should have sent him. The Yankees <laughs> are a mess. Severino, listen, I, you know, as a baseball fan, that is puzzling because that that dude's arm. Three or four years ago, Luis Severino was going to be a guy. Yeah, I, t- I just don't. I, I told you to trade deadline. They should have traded him. I told you that. I don't I'm think like anybody, they weren't going to get anything for well, him. Well, you should have still tried. I'm, maybe they did try and they couldn't. If you I, get a chance, do you take him on as a reclamation project? Not a if chance. You're some team? Yeah, say that to Pete Walker. <laughs> Go ahead. Say, say it. You, I you know you know, want you don't to. have enough going on. You don't have enough going on. Your, yeah, Alec Manoa, da, da, da. Yeah, the, the, it's this. Stop saying the running stuff. Giancarlo Stanton's hitting 191 against righties. He's hitting 211 with runners with runners in scoring position. Judge, since he came back, is two for 21. DJ LeMayhew has four RBIs in his last 30 games. That's hard to do. Sooner than later, one of them players need to go to their manager and go, hey, stop taking up for us. We're grown men. Like, somebody needs to step up and go, I'm just not getting it done. Yeah. Like, stop with the, oh, yeah, it's okay. We're not worried. Really? I, listen, boy, that's I'll, a, that's I'll a tell tough you listen. This. That's a tough listen. I'll, I'll I mean, t- I know what he's trying to do because that's, that's what Booney does. Yeah. But every once in a while, you just got to go, we need better. I'll tell you what. Like, I'll tell you what. It's the, August. Those two teams in New York ought to be happy that they have each other. Because if one of them was any good, if one of them was any good, They'd be getting they'd be getting flamed in, in the press. We didn't talk about the uh, the uh, 
Boston Red Sox who were swept by the Blue I think Jays. I but, but as I mentioned, yeah, they, I mean, they were their base running was awful. Uh, Alex Verdugo was benched on Saturday. Now, remember, we had someone call up and say, why did the Jays not think of benching Vladdy, yada, yada? And I made the point that I, I think you only bench guys when you do it for disciplinary reasons. That was why Alex Verdugo was benched. Um, why? He was, he, he, now, he says he wasn't late. Folks around the team say he was late for the game. So put it this way. Uh, who, who was it? You was telling me, was it your dad said? Here's how it works. If I tell you to be at some place at 6 o'clock, what I really mean is be there at 545, right? Absolutely. 6 o'clock is, you, I want you there 15 minutes before. That may have been the case here with Alex Cora. But, but man, Alex Cora, like, it, I mean, coming out and saying it's his worst day as Red Sox, man, dude, you were suspended at one point. For 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 being involved in some sort of cheating thing, it's not your worst day as Red Sox manager, but he was. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think the way the product looks on the field, and and he takes pride in what that entails, and how he expects his team to look, and especially one of his everyday guys, and it's the Red Sox, right? They're looking for reasons to yeah. to head a different direction with their team, and. You can't have your everyday guys <clears throat> doing things like that. I can understand the, what he's saying there. I, I just it 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 really it's really amazing how atrocious the ba- like I've never seen a dude in his home park watches a right-handed hitter that hit is a ball a great in the point. air. That's put his hand in the air like part. it's over, and it doesn't even hit. It barely made it to the warning track. I mean, it was three or four feet from going up against the wall. Like, it's not even close to going. Yeah. That, and he's running, and he's like halfway to home. That is, that for me is off my team. August. Bad. I would, if I was the manager, I'm sorry. I, that's that's and one Eric thing. Swanson, whether, whether you're I'll, one I'll of the coaches or not, Eric I'm sorry. Swanson was Eric Swanson was going to lose that game. They looked, he didn't look great. Like, that's that's why he's going to lose that again. Game. That's why the Blue Jays are excited to get some guys back yeah. because you know Eric had some really good stuff beginning this season and continued to have that splitty and the velocity's a little up and down, which has been tough. So yeah, I just I just don't understand the base running. It's sort of the IQ thing. Know where you're at. Know the situation. It's okay for me to go halfway. If the dude catches, I got a chance to go back, tag up. If not, I'm already in scoring position. It's a one-run game. I don't understand. Run until you get tagged out. That's Little League. I just don't get it. The uh, Jays and uh, Guardians look like they're going to start their game on time. There's certainly no reason to think they aren't. We've Vladdy got a, looks hitterish. We've got a feed. Vladdy's out there running around and getting ready for the game. 7-10 will be the first pitch. Uh, we talked about the lineup having a different wrinkle to it. Uh, Davis Schneider leading off. And, uh, well, uh, this is John Schneider, the Blue Jays manager, talking about uh, giving Whit Merrifield the day off and Davis Schneider leading off. Yeah, you know, it allows for Whit to get a day here today. Um, you know, put Davis in the outfield. Um, you know, you look at guys like him and Whit, they like to do a lot of different things. So, uh, Biggio, too, the same way. So, um, him swinging the bat the way he is uh, made sense to kind of keep Cav in against against Williams tonight and uh, and get Davis out in the outfield. The uh, manager was also asked for injury updates on uh, Bo Bichette, Jordan Romano, and Trevor Richards. 
Yeah, uh, Jordan Trev, Bo, back in Toronto. Uh, Jordan threw a side today, which was um, which was good. We got to just wait and see how he feels afterwards today and tomorrow. Trevor's playing catch again, and Bo is playing catch today. Did some uh, more strengthening stuff with the knee, and uh, hopefully gets hitting here in the next day or two. Well, that's certainly good news for Bo Bichette. If he's going to get back hitting in a day or two, well, we've talked about Bo Bichette and how he plays. He plays every day. Yeah, I just wonder every day. I, I wonder, wonder the about, time off with all the parts, what that does to his swing. That's, I, that's the only thing I wonder. He kicks it to the ear. You kick it to the ear. How do you get it down on time and out in front? I know again his bat path is better than most humans that walk Earth, but still, let's kick it to the ear and get it down and athleticism and rotation and the way he wraps his barrel. All that he's allowed to do that and capable of doing that because his front foot is down on time. All the timing with the way the front foot lands and all of that. How is this going to affect that? And that'll be the interesting thing to see. Again, you throw him in a two-hole and you'd let him figure it out. But they got maybe they got some cooking here. So I'd be in, and I'm intrigued to see how all that works out. And of course, it's all about all about Davis Schneider these days. And uh, this is the manager when he was asked before the game today about what he has been most impressed with with uh, with his AAA call up. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, the impressive thing about him is he's, you know, just got the same approach that he's had, you know, the entire year in AAA and didn't really seem phased by the environment at Fenway and um, historic start to a career, obviously. But I think his path to the big leagues, um, you know, not taking anything for granted and really working hard to get here, um, he's an easy guy to root for. And I think that he's an easy guy to like for a variety of different reasons, stature, mustache, his glove, his shoes, you know, he's kind of an easy guy to root for. And you get veteran dudes that kind of see, okay, this is pretty cool. And it's, it provided a lot of life in Fenway. If somebody was smart, they would be setting up a stand outside the Rogers Center selling fake mustaches Mm -hmm. and glasses. Yeah, you should wait for the next four games. Like you... (laughs) Let's not get crazy. Let's not get crazy. Let's not get crazy. You know what I like about what he just said there? You you know, certain dudes have to fail in the minor leagues to understand who they are. That's why you said the adjustments were made, eliminating the leg kick, doing the toe tap, standing a little where he's standing at the plate, like all those things. It didn't work. I went through it. It was bad. I've tried to fix it. Now I fixed it. Now I can catch it out front. Now I can try and hit homers when it you know, warrants, like there's certain times that you attack. It's like Vladdy. Vladdy was an elite hitter at the minor league level who never stunk. And now you come to the big leagues and you stink and you can see Vladdy had no idea how to do it. What do I do? Who do I talk to? Where do I go from here? Do I need a two-strike approach? What do I do on OO with a dude on second? Like there's so many things because he's never struggled. Like he's never went through ups and downs in the minor leagues. That's why they have the minor leagues. I'm I'm not comparing the two. I know what you're saying. But listening to the what the manager was saying and the road that Davis has went through and knowing himself and you ask us early, can he continue not to be this guy, but be a big leaguer and hit seventh on a on a good team and play second? I don't see why not. Let me ask you this as someone who played uh, who played in the minors. You know, you, you. you scuffle no. that up. You scuffle in the major leagues. Like Thank in this for- team, you scuffle. You got fourteen hitting coaches. You got you know everything you want. You got great facilities and all that. You scuffle in the minors. You're on the road going to places. I can't imagine the facilities are that great. How do you? What's it like slumping in the minors compared to slumping in the majors? Better get quick at see ball, hit ball. 
Just simple. I try to simplify that. I'm sure they have more video than they've yeah. ever had, even even in the minor leagues. I'm sure they have iPads. Yeah. But I, you try and, again, baseball is hard. you got to remember the dudes you're facing are trying to get you out. They're trying to go to the big leagues. They're trying to stay in the big leagues. They're trying to figure out ways to get you out. They're pitching to your weakness. How do I combat that? How do I simplify this so much that I don't have to think about it? Because the more I think about it, the more I'm going to chase. The more I'm going to do things. If I educate guests too much, I see spin. No matter where that spin goes, I'm swinging at it. Mm-hmm. Springer, it's that thing, right? So you try and minor leagues is no different. Baseball, hitting a baseball at any level is no different. It's just the higher you go, they can locate it. It's harder. They can spin it in fastball counts for strikes. The quality of the stuff is just better everywhere you go, right? So I, I, that's what I – if you got any advice for any person – trying to learn how to hit, simplify it, get athletic for a fastball, and then I promise you, the older you get, everything else will take care of itself. That is it for us today. We will be back tomorrow from 5 to 7 on Sportsnet 590. The Fan and Sportsnet 710 will be the first pitch tonight. Somebody just threw out the first pitch and bounced it. It wasn't a bad throw, though. And they did it off the mound, too. Did you wave if you bounce it? Uh, that person just did. Hmm. Anyhow, uh, seven ten is the first pitch tonight. Mr. Barker and me will be, Mr. Barker and me will be back post game for Blue Jays talk immediately following the Jays game on Sportsnet five ninety fan the Sportsnet Radio Network. Have yourself a great night. Enjoy the baseball.